Welcome to NACSW's Podcast of the Month. Our podcast program makes available recordings of a wide variety of NACSW presentations and discussions on topics of particular interest to Christians in social work. Our Podcast of the Month program features a new podcast every 30 days for your listening pleasure. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. I have an undergraduate degree. I graduated in 1984 with a degree in special education teaching children with emotional problems, which is probably, that's actually the first place I had um, uh, some introduction to play therapy at the time in Fairfax County right outside of Washington, D.C. We had self-contained classrooms and with our um, self-contained centers within, and I was in an elementary school, so we had a center within a regular education elementary school, and we had our own uh, part-time school psychologist and a part-time social worker, and both of them did play therapy. But after they le- after I left, I didn't really have any other contact with play therapy again. Um, so... I've I've worked with kids with emotional difficulties, learning disabilities, middle school, elementary school, adolescents. I've been in uh, residential programs, substance abuse programs. Um, I did get my my, uh, master's degree in social work in 1992 and with a uh, specialization in um, child and family welfare. But through all of that, I've been in private practice. I've been worked at a community services board. Through all of that, aside from back in the mid-'80s, it was very difficult to find any play therapy training or any contact. So I just kind of winged it for a while until I actually found someone who introduced me to the Association for Play Therapy. And then that's kind of what got me on my path where I am now. Um, I'm just going to start out a little bit about explaining the the power and the benefit of play and then um, what play therapy is. In uh, January 2007, the American Academy of Pediatrics did um, wrote a paper about the benefit of play, and they and this is a quote from that um, journal. Play allows children to create and explore a world where they can master conquering their fears while practicing adult roles, sometimes in conjunction with other children or adult caregivers. As they master their world, play helps children develop new competencies that lead to enhanced confidence and resiliency that they need to face future challenges. Um, Charles Schaefer, who's one of the bigwigs in the play therapy world, wrote a book called The Therapeutic Power of Play, and he had identified several therapeutic aspects of play therapy. The first one is that play helps to overcome resistance. It's natural, it's fun, it's what they do. So in order to establish that therapeutic alliance, play is the most effective way to do that with children. Um, The other uh, therapeutic benefit of play therapy is communication. Children often have difficulty expressing themselves verbally in order to communicate their feelings, their thoughts, and their needs. Grown-ups have a hard time doing that. Cognitively, children that are a much different place than adults are, so play offers them a natural 
means of being able to communicate. Um, I don't know if you've, uh, any of you have had small children. I know when my oldest son was little, or if you've ever been around a preschooler, whatever it is they're working out, you'll see them talking it through in their play, and you can kind of get an idea of what's going on. Um, I know for my son, if it wasn't for his little friend, Tigger, I wouldn't find out lots of things. Um, the other thing is play. Another aspect is uh, it helps to build competence. Children enjoy playing, which means they'll spend a lot of time doing it, and playing allows the opportunity to enhance that self-esteem by satisfying their internal motivation to explore and master the environment. Um, creative thinking is another aspect. Play encourages creativity and flexibility without fear of negative consequences. They can try out different problem-solving um, options. While and for some kids, it they will punch and punch and punch and punch and punch the bot bag. And as they're punching it, you can actually see them um, releasing some of that frustration in a way that's much more beneficial than yelling at somebody or kicking somebody or making some other decision that's not so helpful. Um, another aspect is ab reaction. Charles Schaefer states that ab reaction is the reliving of past stressful events and the emotions associated with them. In play, children can slowly mentally digest and assimilate traumatic experiences by reliving them with an appropriate release of affect. And the play therapist can help the child to re-experience the event in a different way and gain a sense of mastery in the environment. Um, and I've done that with kids who have experienced sexual abuse or uh, other traumas. And one of the ways that we play that out, I have a lot of sand figures, and I'll have them pick a sand figure for themselves and one for the perpetrator, and they can put it in the sandbox, and then I kind of coach them about, you know, if you could say whatever you wanted to so-and-so, what would you like to say? So they get to express those feelings of powerlessness, feeling hurt, feeling upset, um, and and have an opportunity to work those out without having to actually face the perpetrator. Um, another therapeutic aspect of play is role-playing. Play allows children to try out different roles and behaviors to experience things from a different perspective and develop a sense of self as separate from others. And a lot of what I see in this is um, kids, you know, good guys and bad guys, and usually the kids will play out good guys first, and then they try out the bad guy role. Um, I've had another child who, um, in his play, he was the cooking show host, and we were on TV, and he got to boss around people with his cooking show. So if they didn't treat him well, he would just not show them how to cook. So it gave him a sense of mastery um, when he was doing um, some paralysis in some areas of his life. Uh, another aspect, therapeutic aspect of play is fantasy and visualization. Imagination is, is enhanced through play. Schaefer, uh, Charles Schaefer states, pretending gives a child power over the world, even when he does not have much control in life. 
This power and control is ego-boosting and augments an inner locus of control. The possibilities with imagination are endless with a child and what he can achieve and overcome. Um, metaphoric teaching is another therapeutic aspect of play. Play allows the opportunity to develop new myths or metaphors to address issues related to the unconscious content. The therapist can observe a child's fantasy play and gain understanding into the concerns of the child. And I see a lot of that uh, when they do some of the sand tray as well. Uh, attachment formation is another therapeutic aspect. Play, playful interactions with smiling and positive touch are natural and enjoyable ways for children to connect with adults. Uh, relationship enhancement. Play is a pleasurable bond that's formed that makes each party more attractive to each other, which is, you know, you'll see that in parents playing with their kids and the, the, um, the power of that attachment by getting down there and doing something fun and pleasurable. Well, and it's the same thing in order to be able to build that therapeutic alliance with the kids as well, to give them a space where they feel free um, to be able to work through whatever it is they need to because they feel comfortable in that relationship. And there are a couple of um, play therapy theories uh, for family therapy. And the idea is that you teach the parents how to engage in that relationship through playing with their kids to enhance that relationship. Um, positive emotion is another aspect of the power of play. Playing is fun and children enjoy it, which can be uplifting for the child and relieve stress. Mastering developmental fears. Children can overcome their fears by repeatedly playing out threatening stimuli and finding ways to master and overcome their fears. Uh, one of the ways we, uh, another way of using this therapeutically with the kids, um, one example would be nightmares. I've had kids who are afraid to go to sleep because they have really, really bad nightmares, um, so they won't sleep in their own bed. So we'll do uh, silly things, like I'll have them draw a picture of the monster, and um, then we shred the monster in the paper shredder. Or I'll have them uh, use the figures in the sand tray to best represent the, um, the nightmare. And then in the, in the sand tray, I'll figure out where some of the resiliency is or I'll have the, them to take themselves and replay the nightmare with them in control. I don't know if any of you have ever read the book by Mercer Mayer, There's a Nightmare in My Closet. So I'll read that to them. But basically the nightmare is scary and the boy's waiting for him. He's got his little pop gun and suddenly the nightmare comes out of the closet. He looks like a big old monster. And so the, the little boy starts yelling at it, the monster. He's got his pop gun and he's got his army helmet on, and the monster starts crying. So then in the end, the little boy has to comfort the monster, and he puts the monster in bed with him. So that's kind of the idea of being able to reconstruct the, the nightmare that, that gives the child some power in there, and um, they can minimize the, uh, the fears. 
we do some other things, more cognitive behavioral things to deal with some irrational fears, um, different games that we'll play. Um, and then the last thing is game play. Game, playing games involves adhering to a predetermined set of rules, which provides opportunities for children to learn socialization school, skills. Rules involve playing fair, taking turns, and learning to lose and win graciously. Ego control and focus must override impulsive behaviors. We'll do a lot of this with um, some of our ADHD kids in, in the groups. Um, that really helps them to learn the give and take, um, not being so impulsive, which gets them in trouble with their peers. Um, let's see. The I'm not sure if any of you are familiar, other than Linda, um, about with the Association for Play Therapy. The Association for Play Therapy is a national organization that focuses on promoting the therapeutic benefits of play therapy, providing support to play therapists in the, in the way of um, training. They also have um, uh, a listserv for consulting by email. Um, but they also have a credentialing process for registered play therapists and um, I actually am a registered play therapy supervisor, so um, they provide some oversight with the certain criteria that are involved for that uh, certification. And then every state has their own um, state chapter, so we have, I'm in Virginia, so we have the Virginia Association for Play Therapy. But the Association for Play Therapy defines play therapy as the systematic use of a theoretical model to establish an interpersonal process wherein trained play therapists use the therapeutic powers of play to help clients prevent or resolve psychosocial difficulties and achieve optimal growth and development. And I think that for, for me the way I think about play therapy is there's a, um, what makes play therapy different than doing therapy and incorporating play is that it's theory-based. There are probably as many theories for play therapy as there are for adults. So uh, it seems like for every adult therapy there is, there's a play therapy version. Um, Jungian therapy, there's a Jungian play therapy, there's cognitive behavioral play therapy. Um, Carl Rogers developed the uh, client-centered therapy. Well, there's a child-centered therapy that uses those principles, and probably Virginia Axline um, is one of the uh, most well-known um, gurus for that. She wrote the book Dibs and Search Itself. Um, so there, are, there's a psychosocial play therapy. They're all grounded in theory, and then the theory has a model that you use to implement um, the play therapy. And um, I use I use more of an integrated approach. I'll use um, I, I default to the child-centered play therapy, and the the basic underlying principles of child-centered play therapy is that um, the therapist is the toy. The key 
typical child-centered play therapy is the relationship between the child and the um, therapist. And the, uh, the way I think about that is, and that's the healing power, and the child-centered as with client-centered believes that internally there's an intrinsic desire for wholeness. So if you provide the free and open space for the child to be able to work through that process and you're there walking alongside, they will, they will naturally move towards healing and wholeness. Um, for me, child-centered play therapy, um, the way I think about the healing aspect of it is think about my relationship with God. With God, I am completely acceptable. Even when I mess up, he still loves me unconditionally. The relationship is never um, separated unless I do the separating. He won't. And so when I think about um, the healing part of it, think about when you have that time with God and you're just in his presence and he just thinks you're so awesome and he just loves you so much and you just feel so good and just is awesome. That is the basic um, the, the basic idea of child-centered. It's about the relationship. So we do set boundaries, but God sets boundaries for us also. And the reason we have the boundaries is to protect the relationship. Um, so we do set boundaries, and, and it, it like, for instance, the rule is you can't shoot the therapist with the dart gun. And, and why would I set that boundary? Because if, if the child is shooting me every time he came, at some point in time, I'm not going to want to play with him because I'm getting a bit tired of being shot at. So I need to set a therapeutic boundary. The rule is you can't shoot the therapist. Um, so, you know, that's the whole point of the rule. Um, so my default is child-centered. Um, and then from there, um, the younger kids typically, in my opinion, do best with with child-centered, they're the ones in charge. They're the ones leading the play. We track them verbally. We track their behavior. We track their emotions. We track along with them so that they know we're connected with them through the process. And then in our verbal tracking, we'll kind of mirror what we're seeing in the play to bring it to the surface. And the theory would say then that um, they're, you know, when they're ready they'll integrate that in to the healing process. Now, the other, um, when, I'm, when I'm integrating other theories in, I typically add in more of a directed play therapy. Directed play therapy can be prescriptive play therapy um, theory, which is Charles Schaeffer's theory that he developed, which is basically you prescribe a strategy to address the needs of the child. So with prescriptive play therapy, because you're, you're using a variety of strategies, you have to understand the theory behind each of the strategies that you're using. For instance, if you're using a cognitive behavioral strategy, you need to understand the theory of cognitive behavioral um, when you're using that so that you can use it effectively. Um, so I'll integrate in some more directed 
Um, the older kids, right around, in my experience, probably when they get around um, 9, 10, 9 ish, they start moving a little bit more towards having me integrate more directed. Thank you for listening today to this 20-minute sample of NACSW's Podcast of the Month featured selection. Just a reminder that you can access the full-length version of this and all NACSW podcasts at no cost by simply becoming a member of NACSW or by ordering a copy of this podcast at a reasonable cost on NACSW's online bookstore. We also hope that you will consider participating in additional NACSW activities and events, including NACSW's upcoming convention in the fall, our quarterly audio conference workshops, which provide CEUs accredited by the Association of Social Work Boards, and our online continuing education program. Also, we invite you to join NACSW's Facebook group or our Facebook fan page. For additional information about these and other NACSW benefits and services, you can go to our website at www.nacsw.org. Thanks again for listening in to our podcast session today.